game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vazze is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boys, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. Buy new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk, David Vesey. We are live at Oracle Park in San Francisco where the Dodgers win their 100th game of the season by defeating the San Francisco Giants by a final score of 7-2. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Vasse with you until 1040 tonight. Taking your phone calls at 866-987-2570. We will hear from Jose Moda coming up at uh, about 1020 tonight. Plus, we'll take your phone calls after the Dodgers are the quickest team in franchise history to win 100 games, 100 victories, and 144 games. Pretty special. And like I mentioned the other night, after the Dodgers clinched the NL West, this is something you don't take for granted. This team, this talented of a group, you just don't take it for granted because they have been so good all season long, and you have to love that They are not on cloud nine right now. Yes, they're enjoying themselves. Yes, they are having fun and winning makes it easier to have fun. But it's not like this team is just shutting it down and having like a super big party every single night. That's not the way it's going. That's not the way it is in that clubhouse. Yeah, guys are happy with the wins, especially when you get them here in San Francisco You heard Dave Roberts say it's not an easy place to win, and he's 100% right. But uh, for the Dodgers to win 100 games this quickly after winning the NL West last week, it's not something that should be taken lightly. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Julio Urias continues to add to his resume to make his case to win the National League Cy Young Award. I thought last year he did not get enough consideration, let alone votes, for being Major League Baseball's only 20-game winner, on top of going 11-0 after the All-Star break last year with an ERA under 2. In fact, his ERA, I believe, was under 1 after uh, July. Um, he is now 37-10 and 10 since the beginning of last season. His ERA is a tick above 2. This guy has not only been one of the best left-handers in baseball, he has been one of the best pitchers in baseball since last July, period. I know he got a lot of run support last year, and people held that in, in a negative way against him, but he went deep into games. You look at how many innings he has pitched since the beginning of last July. He has pitched... 251 innings since the beginning of last July. That's not a five-and-dive type of starting pitcher. This guy deserves a lot more respect that he has gotten around Major League Baseball, and a part of it is he's so humble. He's not a guy that you're going to see in front of the camera. Uh, You know, I was very fortunate he trusted me to do an all-English-speaking interview a couple of homestands ago, 
And you can find that on the iHeartRadio app and our AM570 LA Sports Instagram. But he is not a guy that's not that's looking for the camera. In fact, my uncle, my uncle Ray Torres back in Temple City was upset with me that I did not interview Julio on clinch night in Arizona. I said, hey, I was looking for him, but he was standing in the back of the corner, did not want to do interviews, but I have not shared this with you. We agreed, Julio and I agreed, that if the Dodgers win the World Series, he would join us on camera, on radio, simulcast, and celebrate in English with us again. But that's not who he is, and I think part of that has worked against him as far as getting the recognition that he deserves because he lets his pitching do the talking, and that is loud and clear. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. By the way, as far as the Cy Young Award goes, Bed MGM still has Sandy Alcantara uh, as the favorite to win it, and Julio Urias and Zach Gallen are second in line on the list. Uh, Alcantara's a minus 250 while julio and zach gallon are a plus 700 look i know sandy alcantara has has uh pitched four complete games but he has pitched in games at marlins park where there's five to eight thousand people the marlins are completely out of it it's a lot different pitching in front of fifty thousand plus at dodger stadium going on the road pitching in front of a sellout crowd in San Francisco, 40,171, and delivering the way Julio has delivered not only this year but going back to last year. So that's my case for Julio Urias to be the National League Cy Young Award winner. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go out to Pasadena. Henry, you're on Dodger Talk live from San Francisco. Hi, Henry. Hey, Mr. Vesse. Um, I'm a longtime listener, big fan. Um, I'm wondering, because the Dodgers don't play the Giants again this year, of course, and uh, I know the weather might be a factor tomorrow. What would happen if the game were to be canceled? How would they make it up? Well, these two teams have a mutual off day on Monday, September 26th. The Dodgers are scheduled to play the next day in San Diego. So more than likely, if this game was canceled due to weather, the Dodgers would have to come back up to San Francisco to play that game. A game, Henry, that basically means nothing. The Dodgers have clinched the NL West. They are so far ahead of the Mets and Braves as far as best record in the National League. They're five games up on the Astros for the best record in baseball. Essentially, the Dodgers don't need to play that game. The Giants don't need to play that game. But the Dodgers are the largest drawing team as far as road attendance. Dodgers-Giants, that's a big money gate for San Francisco, and they don't want to miss out on that. So that would be the reason why they would have to come back up here and play that game. Awesome. Thank you. And, yeah, we got to get 162. I'm tired of hearing uh, the shortened season. Wait a minute. Are you telling me if the Dodgers only played 161 games this year, other fan bases would, would hold that against you? Yeah, I mean, you never know with these Padres people. Padres people? I mean, they, they celebrated after they won a wild card game like it was Game 7 of the World Series. The Padres fans have nothing to uh, hold against any other fan base. They have no leverage. 
I mean, I agree. But. <laughs> okay. okay, Henry, you manage that part of your life, and you get back to me. Thanks a lot. 866-987-2570. Dodgers beat the Giants tonight 7-2 for their 100th win of the year. And before we continue, I have to say thank you to Rick Monday for allowing me to ride shotgun next to him tonight on the broadcast. It was great doing it with Charlie Steiner last year, and uh, they needed a, a pinch hitter tonight, and I was uh, very happy they asked me, and it was great to be on the broadcast with Rick Monday. Obviously, uh, a Dodger through and through uh, from Santa Monica. I watched Rick Monday play for the Dodgers. Uh, His 1981 home run against the Expos, obviously, is one of the biggest home runs in Dodger history. And I know he doesn't want to hear this, but I grew up listening to him uh, when he took over for Don Drysdale during the 93 season. Um, So it was uh, really exciting for me. Don't know about Rick, but hey, it was exciting for me. And appreciate Jake Warner taking a great photo of us. Uh, I did not know. It was a candy camera behind us, and I appreciate it because I'll save it forever. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Fontana. Eric, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Eric. Hey, how are you doing, David? First and foremost, it's a beautiful thing to be able to see the Dodgers just really, you know, give it to them, these Giants. So it's beautiful, especially all those years, you know, struggling to beat them. But anyways, uh, for me, I was talking to my father-in-law, Arisail, and we were talking about the Dodgers. And for me, the, mo- the most important thing that I think that we can- will win the World Series, if Belly just goes back and just like 2017 is just hitting bombs, hitting, hitting, hitting. So for me, if he gets on board and just just goes back to those days, we're winning the World Series. What do you think, for me, What what is what is – what is, how are we going to win the World Series? What's the main thing that you guys think? All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Eric. Thanks for the phone call. Number one, I don't believe they need Cody Bellinger from 2017 to win the World Series. I, I don't believe they need that version of him. I, I believe the Dodgers just need the version they got during the NLDS last year where he played gold glove defense, came up with timely hitting, and in his role as a platoon player more than likely, you know, to be ready to play in the middle of the game and also uh, help turn the lineup over and have quality at bats. That's the only version of Cody Bellinger the Dodgers need. As far as maybe the biggest key for the Dodgers, to me, it's the guy that pitched tonight. Julio Urias. The Dodgers need to win every single Julio start in the postseason in a best of seven series. If it continues to go deep, you would expect to get three starts out of Julio, and the Dodgers better win all three. Uh, He is that important to this starting rotation and to that pitching staff because you look around. The Dodgers starting rotation is not as dominant and a sure thing as it has been in the past. Right now, the only two sure things are Julio and Clayton Kershaw. So for me, Julio Urias is the biggest key to the Dodgers winning the World Series. And also, if you look back to 2020, the Dodgers don't win the World Series without Julio and the way he pitched. So for me, it's Julio pitching as well as he has since since 2020. If he does that, the Dodgers are going to have a real horse, a caballo, to get them through October. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. The grounds crew here at Oracle Park bringing out the tarp. 
Rain is expected to start overnight, and it is supposed to rain all through the afternoon here in San Francisco tomorrow. We'll see whether or not they get Sunday night baseball in, and everybody with the Dodgers is hoping they do, even if they have to wait around because nobody wants to come back to San Francisco on a golden day off on Monday, September 26th. And if there is rain, I'm blaming Buster only. I am blaming Buster only. I'm just kidding. I love Buster. His podcast is the only sports podcast I listen to. So he does a great job. It was a, a real treat to interview David Cohen at Dodger Stadium before Sunday Night Baseball a couple of weeks ago. They've got a good crew. So uh, happy to see them around and uh, great to see their producer, Ivan McCoskey, here at Oracle Park in preparation for tomorrow. And speaking of uh, the guests of Oracle Park, the Seagulls have taken over left field. As Rick Monday was talking about in the seventh inning, the Seagulls send out the scouts, and I guess the scouting report was the most garlic fries and North Beach pizza was out there in left field because that's where they're all camped out. All right, we're going to take a time out here on Dodger Talk. When we come back, we'll check in with Jose Moda, plus more of your phone calls after the Dodgers win their 100th game of the year. 7-2 victors over the Giants on the Los Angeles Dodgers Audio Network. On air at AM570, online at am570lasports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassett. Thompson waits, here's the payoff pitch, and he drives it to left center field. That's hit well. That's hit very well, and Thompson has left the building. Trace Thompson on a full count, three balls and two strikes, trying to turn his month of September around. He'd hit 156. Not anymore. Thompson gives the Dodgers the lead. And for Trace Thompson, his 11th home run of the campaign. Oh, did he send that one out in fine style. And that was off another right-hander, Giants reliever Sean Jelly, serving up a two-run home run to Trace Thompson in the second inning. Clay Thompson's not the only Thompson that can go splash in the Bay Area. Trace, a two-run shot, and the Dodgers defeat the Giants tonight 7-2 at Oracle Park to win their 100th game of the season. Julio Urias wins his 17th game of the year, going six innings, striking out eight. Daniels Jewelers home run forecast congratulates Pedro Granados from Whittier. Pedro receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for correctly predicting the number of home runs in the game tonight. For your chance to win a $50 gift card good at over 100 Daniels locations, go to am570lasports.com, keyword home run. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a moment, but we want to check in with Jose Moda. And Jose, I have good news for you. As you know, the Dodgers win their 100th game of the year, but the grounds crew has just pulled the tarp on the infield in preparation for rain into the night and tomorrow. Dave, that is fantastic news. And uh, before anything, <laughs> I'm getting some glowing reports about your broadcast today. And I really congratulate you because I, I really do know how much Rick Monday means to you and Charlie and uh, the guys in the booth do a fantastic job. So well done, my friend. I got to uh, at least get a clip of it and, and you're fantastic. Hey, you know, Rick has a pilot background. I didn't crash the plane, Jose. 
<laughs> you didn't. Hey, by the way, Rick wanted me to ask you something, okay. if I'm allowed to ask you a question okay. on your show, which is some talk about kayaks and life jackets. and, and oh, what's going boy. on with He wants me to go out on a kayak next year, Jose, but I said if he's picking the kayak, there's going to be a few holes poked in the kayak. I'll be (laughs) sunk by the third inning. I think you one T-shirt for you in your in your Dodger career is good enough. I agree. I'm staying on dry land and uh, not going up in heights, Jose. I think that's the plan. Smart man. Speaking up, going up uh, in heights. Julio Urias was climbing the ladder tonight with his fastball on the Giants. That was pretty impressive. He could command the fastball up in the upper part of the strike zone. All set up by his breaking ball, and his breaking ball had a different look today. I mean, uh, in the first inning, he threw something, uh, a couple of them, like around 78, 79 miles an hour, and then before you know it, his fastball really did not pick up until later in the game. Julio's so smart. You know, the first inning was not an easy inning for him. He could have gotten out of there without, you know, without giving up a run. Ends up making 22 pitches. And then Julio just became Julio. 13 pitches, 10 pitches, 15 pitches. But, um, Dave, I like the spread today with the fastball and the breaking ball and his changeup, mainly because he has seen the Giants a lot this year. He beats them for the fourth time already. And you see some guys that were guessing wrong the entire night. Julio was able to throw the curveball for a strike. 3-1, 3-2. He threw a lot of breaking balls in the zone, but boy, he had that little extra bite tonight to the back foot of the right hand battle, which really kind of confused some guys thinking that, hey, we've seen this guy before. He just didn't have that, that kind of bend or spin or tightness at the end. That's why he's become so good, and, and uh, he's a guy you can depend on. There's no doubt. You can depend on Julio, and uh, in, in that terms, now is now 16 times he's gone six innings, four times he's gone seven innings, and the most pitches he's made this season in any game has been 101. And go figure, as you were talking about, he's not a five-and-dot guy. No, not at all. And when you talk about his curveball, he describes it as a slurve, as does Mark Pryor. And when you talk about going back foot to right-handed hitters, we all instinctually think of Clayton Kershaw's slider back foot to riders, uh, kick righties. Can you describe the slurve to us in the shape? Is he changing shapes on that pitch, is that why it's not called a traditional curveball? Yes, and what happens is traditionally, obviously, a breaking ball is, uh, say, Michael Gro- uh, Grove the other day. That's a true 12-6 breaking ball, right, with Clayton Kershaw, a true Uncle Charlie 12-6. Now, um, with the dynamics of pitching and, and designing of pitches, okay, to get into the lanes, now you have guys that throw not a true curveball, not a true slider, okay? Not, so that's why it's sometimes hard to hit because the ball comes at a plane to the right-handed batter where it doesn't stay in the zone very long and where if you have enough fastball, especially up in the zone some nights or days, or if you can establish the lane inside with your fastball, you're going to have guys committing. And committing means that you have to respect the fastball, but before you know it, you see something else spinning at you late breaking into the back foot, and it's really hard to lay off of it. Andrew Heaney, another prime example of that. So I think, you know, shaping a pitch in a different way also comes with maturity. We understand that it's just pretty much a hybrid between one going sideways and the other one going downwards. And uh, it's really tough to keep it in play. Look how many balls they fouled today hard. But by design, that curveball early in counts, he's throwing it slower in inner half off the plate so guys see it well, and then he gave it a different look with two strikes. 
Jose Moda is joining us after the Dodgers defeat the Giants at Oracle Park tonight, 7-2 for their 100th win of the season. I thought another important pitcher tonight was Tommy Canely as far as the big picture. What did you think about Canely, and uh, uh, do you feel like the fastball command is going to come the more often he pitches between now and the end of the season? Absolutely, Dave, because there's nothing like major league hitters and big league competition and 35, 40,000, 50,000 in the stands. And you know what I love the most is this guy comes in with intentions. <laughs> he, he, he is so aggressive. And look where he lands in the far side of first base of the mound, but he aligns himself properly to make sure that there's enough follow through with that arm. But boy, talk about velocity and respecting velocity. How about movement and on the hands of right handed batters? And then the changeup, which is, you know, plus, plus pitch. So, um, and he throws at 89 miles an hour, but his arm whip is so good and so consistent that guys think it's always going to be a fastball. And he, no doubt, no doubt, in a couple more starts, we'll see that command come up. And he is going to be a high leverage guy for a team that needs high leverage guys because we know what happens in the postseason. Shorten some games, you have three solid arms out there, and it's a different outlook for you. Jose Moda, before I let you go, the play in the seventh inning by Freddie Freeman. What an incredible play. Over-the-shoulder catch. You don't see that too often from first baseman. No, Wilmer Flores hits that ball, and um, right off the hands of, of you know Chris Martin makes that good pitch. And Freddie Freeman's so aware of where the ball is. And also on pop-ups, you watch Freddie, and he glides like an outfielder. He understands that there's different spins on the first base side because the ball's not traveling as much. But he's so aware about everything, knows how to position his body. He's got the long legs and obviously the long arms and the wingspans. That, uh, and obviously uh, with that comes athletic ability and some soft hands. So outstanding play all the way around. But also he took charge. You can see that there's not going to be a collision because Freddie with his body language and the way he went after that, that baseball meant that I'm going to make a catch. So if I get near it, I'm going to make that play. All right, Jose, I'm going to bring this full circle. I read off the odds regarding the National League Cy Young Award race. Sandy Alcantara at minus 250 with Zach Gallen and Julio Urias at a plus 700. Do you feel like I'm being too much of a homer, or do I have a case that Julio should be the leading vote-getter at this point? You have a case. We have a case. How can you – I mean, you brought up something that's so important. Okay, not to take anything away from Sandy Alcantara. Julio, when Walker Bueller went down and Clayton Kershaw went down, guess what? Guess who really had to step up? Julio Urias, okay, with expectations on this team, the Dodgers. And, um, by the way, his road record last year, 13-2, and two, okay? His road record this season, 11 and for, so let's not go out there and talk about the narrative of Dodger Stadium and this and that. No, this guy is a roared warrior, and he has shown it. So um, in every respect, your intention is to win ballgames. And one more thing, Julio has more quality starts this season than all of last year by plenty already. Uh, he's on the mound. He takes a baseball. He's leading the league in the ERA. So uh, let's make those odds a little bit closer because it should not be just automatically everybody thinking on the Alcantara who has not pitched as well and does not pitch under the same type of pressure. All right, Jose. I love the validation. Thank you. And we'll catch up with you tomorrow night. Hopefully baseball is played. Yes, sir. Stay away from the kayaks, please.
<laughs> no doubt I will. There he goes. Jose Moda was on the call with Pepe Iniguez on our Spanish radio tonight as the Dodgers win their 100th game of the season with a 7-2 victory over the San Francisco Giants. It was a long day for manager Dave Roberts here in San Francisco. When I arrived at the ballpark with my blue bottle coffee, cold brew, walking in from the left field gate, it was all set up already. Dave Roberts was behind home plate, as was Mark Pryor and other Dodgers getting ready for Yency Almonte's uh, simulated game, and he faced Cody Bellinger and Miguel Vargas. Almonte is one of the Dodger relievers on the shelf right now, trying to make his way back in September so he could possibly be ready for an October appearance. And he did throw an inning, and Cody Bellinger did take him deep. Miguel Vargas did take him the triples alley, but all in all, Yency Almonte was happy with the way his first simulated game went against those two hitters. Tony Gonsolin also was out here, and an important check mark for him. 27-pitch bullpen. Dave Roberts said he wasn't protecting his arm, but he wasn't really letting it rip, as they like to say in the business. Uh, so Tony Gonsolin, uh, a check marked for him, and hopefully he can continue to move forward because he's been a big part of the Dodgers season. When you talk about the lowest pitching staff ERA, starting staff ERA, Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, Julio Urias, all of these guys, a big part of that. And speaking of Tyler Anderson, he was placed on the paternity list because he and his wife are expecting a child, so he's not going to return until maybe Wednesday or Thursday. So Clayton Kershaw will start on five days rest on Monday when the Dodgers return home from this road trip. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go out to Farid, who's on the 10 freeway. Hi, Farid. For the time. I wanted to share some thoughts on, especially with you as a journalist, um, you know, we know that these baseball writers, they have these votes for Cy Young and MVP, et cetera. And I want to know from your perspective, what does the weight of Freddie Freeman have who's been uh, really singing Julio's praises all season after every start? People, I feel, listen to what Freddie Freeman has to say. He's a confident professional. So I'm wondering, does that help tilt things in Julio's direction with the former MVP saying, hey, this guy knows how to pitch, and for me, is the best pitcher in baseball at this time? No doubt he has influence because writers want to hear what the players between the lines think about other players. So if Freddie is making a case for Julio as the Cy Young and bringing up the positives and the pros and cons between Urias and any other pitcher – uh, writers are going to listen to him and you know guys that have votes for these awards are going to listen to him so it's not just Freddie by the way if Kershaw was asked questions about this off the record he would give his pros and cons and I'm sure writers would take that into account it does carry weight well in that case and I think we hopefully this year we'll see that Cy Young back in LA and with the name of Julio Diaz thanks so much David all right, Farid, thanks a lot for the phone call. Appreciate it. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Speaking of the Cy Young, the Dodgers have a Cy Young Award winner in their bullpen by the name of David Price, who is on the injured list. He had a left wrist inflammation. He threw a bullpen session today and is going to be activated on the next homestand, probably towards the tail end. But David Price... Uh, I know people just discard him, but he has had a great career. 
He's only been on winning teams since college at Vanderbilt. He was a winner with the Tampa Bay Rays. He was a winner, World Series winner, with the Red Sox. He was a winner with the Blue Jays and Tigers when he was traded there at the deadline of uh, of those seasons. So he's been a winner. He's been a winner with the Dodgers too. And he has had a major influence on a lot of pitchers on this staff. Not just pitchers, but every player on this staff. I would consider David Price's voice one of the louder voices of respect in that Dodger clubhouse. And we caught up with Alex Vessia before tonight's game. And here's what Vessia had to say about David Price. You know, what he does on the field has been special for 15 years, right? And then I think the past two years, his role has changed. But I think it's been, it's been great for him uh, to share all of his knowledge and, and not really hold back I guess you know and and that's the one thing that I I like about him the most is that he's not going to lie to me right it's going to be the truth and it might hurt at times but at the end of the day he knows that it's going to make myself and and the team better Um, so you know I, I have a lot to thank for him so yeah that's great Alex Vestia is our guest you had a sparkle in your eye when you were talking about David Price it's my guy. He's my guy, man. I, yeah, I, like I said, I go to him for a lot of different things. We've had very, very fun conversations in the bullpen. Uh, we always kept, uh, like to keep it light and, and fun out there. And you know, but when the phone rings, everyone's locked in for sure. It seems like you always find a way to win innings. Is that the mentality you have? You may not win an at bat, but you find a way to win the inning. Oh yeah. I mean, I go out there with one goal, and that's to put up a zero. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, that is my job. And I take a lot of pride in that, knowing that, you know, Doc wants me wants me in in, in whatever inning that may be. And, you know, I, I take a lot of pride to put up a zero and then kind of pass the torch to our next guy in the bullpen so we can we can win. And that was Alex Vesia talking about David Price and obviously what he means to this Dodger bullpen. He is a high leverage reliever. Make no mistake about it. Alex Vesia is going to be a reliever that's called in with either runners on base or in a big inning high leverage situation. So uh, great to hear from Alex. Glad to share him with you. And if you want to hear the full conversation, you know where to find it on the iHeartRadio app. Let's take one more phone call before we say goodnight. Kevin in Irvine, walk us off on Dodger Talk tonight. Yes, I was going to tell you, Julio, without a doubt, is a Cy Young Award winner. And the reason being is he's a clutch pitcher. Uh, The Marlins have... You know, they're not playing for anything. I mean, he goes out every day with the pressure on him uh, with the different players that went down, Kershaw, um, uh, Bueller, and he just flat out pitches well. And you called it last year. You said before the season started he would win 15, and then later in the year when I called you said he may win 20, and he did it. And I say hands down he's the best. And, Dave, you're the best at after Dodger talk. I love you. Thanks, Kevin. I wish I had a prize. The check's in the mail. Thanks a lot for calling in. Great way to walk us off tonight on Dodger Talk. Tomorrow, Sunday night baseball between the Dodgers and Giants. Rain is in the forecast. We'll see whether or not they get this game in. Everybody is keeping their fingers crossed, even if they have to wait an hour or two, that the Dodgers and Giants will be able to play 
Sunday night baseball here at Oracle Park. It will be the 19th and final meeting between these two teams. The Dodgers have won the four, first 14 of the 18 they have played, and Andrew Heaney will be on the mound for the Dodgers tomorrow night. He's 3-2 with an ERA of 284. He's going up against right-hander Alex Cobb. The veteran is 6-6 six six with an ERA of 348. Morongo Casino, Dodgers on deck, begins at 3 o'clock with first pitch at 4.08. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Jake Warner out here in San Francisco for all his help and support. And thanks to you for listening and also... Thanks once again to Rick Monday and the Dodgers for allowing me to ride shotgun on tonight's uh, radio broadcast with Rick. So appreciate that and appreciate Rick's kindness and inclusiveness all nine innings. Tomorrow, Dodgers and Giants for the final time in 2022 on Sunday Night Baseball. Once again, the final score tonight, the Dodgers win their 100th game with a 7-2 victory in San Francisco. Have a great night. See ya.